I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you for your word today. Because it's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And as we hear your word, I pray that our hearts will be receptive to what the Spirit of God wants to say. I thank you for breathing on your word so that faith will grow in our hearts for us to obtain the promises that you've already made in your word. And so as I step back, I thank you for the Holy Spirit stepping up so that every word is said will minister to your people and be guided by your spirit. Thank you in advance for signs, miracles, and wonders following this word today. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Let everybody say amen. Amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. It was not my intentions to actually preach this weekend. But the Holy Spirit told me that I needed to. And he gave me a specific topic to minister on. So if you're taking notes today, the teaching topic is, It's time for due season. Everybody say, it's time for due season. Now just look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, it's time for your due season. Amen. I believe, no, you don't have to say that. (laughs) But you're paying attention today, aren't you? (laughs) I believe the best way for this message to impact you the way it needs to It's for me to give you some background. Everybody say some background. Last Sunday, something very profound and I believe life-changing took place here at Word of Truth Family Church. As you know, I had a strong urge, which I can say I've never had that urge before. And that urge was to invite someone here to speak. Now, let me give you an idea. I had only met the person one time. They lived in Johannesburg, Africa, But I had an urge to bring him here and I actually asked him at the last minute. I asked him on Friday. Well, I've never done that before. And for some reason, I felt it was mandatory to get him here and he was willing. And I feel it's necessary for me to remind you of some past acts of obedience of faith that I have done as pastoring Word of Truth Family Church. In other words, I'm about to now give you some, some, some past obedient acts where God has spoken to me that you know of because my goal is to remind you that Pastor Evan still hears from God. Now, it was 2005 that God spoke to me to start Word of Truth Family Church with only 22 people And here we are 11 years later with over 2,000 members. Everybody say he heard from God. During intercessory prayer in 2006, God spoke to me to tell one of our members who was trying to get pregnant at the time that I was not aware of it, but they were having a hard time. God told me to tell them that they were going to conceive a baby that year and also have the baby that year. Well, it's very rare that a person conceives and actually has the baby in the same year. You actually have to almost time that perfectly. Well, they conceived the baby and I was excited about that because in the Old Testament, if you gave a prophetic word and it didn't happen, they would stone you as a false prophet. So I was happy that they at least conceived the baby. But then I got news later that the doctor said that the baby will be due in January. Well, that means what I said was not true because I said they would conceive the baby and have the baby in the same year. Well, let me just say this, as you all know, how many know the baby came early in January? Because the baby did. 
In other words, the word always outperforms the doctor's word. Everybody say he heard from God. After outgrowing the elementary school in 24 months of starting our church, as I prayed about having two services or moving to a place that could accommodate us in one service, God gave me a vision and showed me this auditorium at Seguin High School. And at that time, I had never seen Seguin High School, nor did I even know that it existed. Well, through divine guidance, everybody say divine guidance. With divine guidance, I found out the school, and you know the story. I came in, and even though they told us no four times, we have been in this building now for nine years. Everybody say, he heard from God. After looking for land that God had put in our heart to purchase off Highway 360, at the time and still today, there is very little to no land that you can purchase off of Highway 360 south of 20. And so one day I saw some land, 14 acres, that was for sale, that was not for sale. And the owner didn't even have a, 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 a sign or anything up. But it was put in my heart that that was our land. I approached the owner. How many know they sold us that land? How many know I heard from God? Just look at your neighbor and say, he heard from God. After looking at other buildings... And wanting to buy something so that you and I could settle down as a church and grow more without the need to set up and break down. God made it crystal clear through his word to me that he did not want us to buy our first building. He wanted us to build our first building. And so most of us are familiar with the scripture that the Lord gave me. It was in 2 Samuel chapter 7 verse 10. This is what it says. Moreover, I will appoint a place for my people Israel or Word of Truth Family Church. I will plant them that they may dwell in a place of their own. Finish it with me and move no more. And now here we are. We have six million, a six million dollar loan and all of our construction documents are in place for the city to issue our permit to start. Everybody say he heard from God. Some of you all may be saying, well, why are you going through all that? Here is why. Sometimes you have to appreciate the past or embrace the future by appreciating the past. And the reason I went through all that is so that you believe that God wanted me to invite our guest speaker last week. See, that guest speaker didn't come out of happenstance. He didn't just come because I was dreaming up he should come. No, God put an urging in my spirit for that man to come and some amazing things happened. On last week, if you weren't here, God did something that has never been done at our church before. And I'm not sure if it will ever be done again. He asked, God did, for an unexpected offering through our guest speaker who then challenged us to give unexpected amounts. And you got to understand, when this was happening, I was in shock. I'm sitting on the front row and this man is taking up an offering. And let me tell you how good God is. God wants his will done so much that he don't always tell you all of his will. Because had I known that man was going to raise another offering for our project, I would have stopped him. Because in the history of 11 years, we've only had an extra offering twice. So God knew that I would have stopped that man. And that's why he let that man do it without telling me. And while it was happening, I was really trying to figure out what's going on. Because I had to get past his accent. And while he was preaching, he said, everybody get an envelope. Everybody, envelope, envelope. Everybody get an envelope. So I'm like, he's asking for an envelope. Everybody get an envelope. I I didn't know he was what he was doing. So I said, okay, let me get an envelope. And we're all just like, I was shocked. I mean, y'all were shocked. I was shocked. We were all going through this together. (laughs) Then I thought, well, maybe he's just going to have us to take the envelopes home and pray over them. He said, now I want, I want all of you to give a thousand dollars. I'm like, what this brother is, this brother. And my wife, she's looking at me because she know me. And I'm like, why is he doing this? Uh, give a dollar a dollar. But some of you need to give ten dollars a dollar. Ten thousand dollars. I'm like ten thousand dollars. Then he told his story about him. God told him to give his car away, and I was like, Lord, I don't want to give my car away. 
I just got this car. I don't want to give this car away. And so now my, my, I'm distracted and I'm sitting there. No, I don't want to give my car away. So I was happy to give the thousand dollars. Amen. But God, listen to this now, is so precise in doing his will that had I known that this guest was going to do that, I wouldn't have allowed him. But see, God was needing us, say us, say me. God was needing us to participate in a divine moment where our obedience would trigger the supernatural. And see, some of us, we were going through that, that, you know, we were in service. We really weren't knowing what's going on. Let me tell you something. God can be in the midst and you not know it. Our natural obedience triggers God's supernatural power. Everybody say, my natural obedience triggers God's supernatural power. Everybody say, it's time for due season. Now, when God, through the guest speaker, asked for most of us to stretch and give a thousand dollars, and then he starts saying some people need to give five and some people need to give ten thousand. Listen, there was no pressure to give, but the anointing to participate was undeniable. I'm gonna say that again. There was no pressure to give. If you were here last week, let me see your hand. If you were here last week, there was no pressure to give. Watch this though. But the anointing to participate was undeniable. God had already started moving in advance. And see, most of us, a lot of times, treat moments like that like they'll happen again. God is not obligated to repeat himself. And I began to discover that God was doing something and I realized it while it was happening. I said, this has never happened in our church. It wouldn't have happened if I'd known about it. So that means God stepped into word of truth and said, I need to do something and I need my people to participate. And see, some of us, we treated the moment like it was an option. That's that African man asking for some money. I saw that African man on TV, I think. (laughs) When you're not sensitive to the spirit, your flesh will take over. And it couldn't have been nothing but flesh. If you walked out last week and say, oh, they just want some money. Boy, your flesh is ruling you like Gatorade is ruling Michael Jordan. God was moving and I knew he was and that's why I was willing to give a thousand dollars. Well, watch this now. God has already started moving in people in this church who participated. My wife just got this, uh, this letter this week. This is what it says. Dear Pastor Sarah, good morning. I will try to keep this brief. I was designed an operations manager position with a company called Pacific Dental Services. The position pays a nice salary that will allow me to be able to give to others and not put myself in a bind. Notice they sound like a giver. It also offers benefits that would include retirement, one of which I really desire. Well, it will require me to relocate to Houston, but I'm prepared for that move. Well, I got the job. God saw it fit. Listen to what they said now. God saw it fit to send the guest pastor last Sunday with a prophetic word just for me. I received it. They gave as well. Listen. And on Monday morning at 7.30, I got a call from the recruiter saying that I was hired. Not only was I hired, but in my offer letter, they gave me an additional $5,000 to the salary that I had already asked for. Everybody say it's time for due season. Something even unusual happened in my immediate family. That day, my 17-year-old daughter, who loves to save her money and spend mine, got moved by the word and moved by the man of God and moved by the spirit of God. And she decided to give $1,000. Can you believe a 17-year-old gave $1,000? It takes God and all the angels to get a 17-year-old to give $1,000. Look, it takes all the angels of God for person to give a thousand dollars 17 years old 
gave her first $1,000. I was 30-something before I gave $1,000. Everybody say, God is moving. God was moving, and some of you all were blind. And some of you all who participated, I'm here to tell you that due season is on the way. Let me tell you what else has happened. And, and I, I learned this. When God is moving, okay, it doesn't matter where he's moving and who he's using. If I step in and I'm sensitive to it, I can get blessed too. Do you know a friend of ours called my wife last week and said, Hey, God told me to give $1,000 to Word of Truth. Now, she wasn't here Sunday. She didn't hear the guest speaker. She didn't hear no podcast. She just called because God told her, you need to put $1,000 into Word of Truth Family Church. And she said, well, God, I don't have $1,000. And that's what some of you all did last week. I don't have $1,000. But you need to take the next step. God, if you'll give me $1,000, I'll give $1,000. She said, well, God, I don't have $1,000. He says, I'll get it to you. She goes to church because she don't even come to this church. She went to her own church. She's leaving out. And a woman walks up to her and puts $100 in her hand. And God says, that's the tithe of the, hundred, of the thousand that I'm going to give you. She said, okay. The next day, everybody say the next day. The next day, she had a, uh, an event or whatever. But uh, long story short, she catered an event and they gave her an, an unusual tip. Guess how much the tip was? It was for one thousand here's her money in the envelope just so you know that I'm telling the truth it says so and so seed into the new building now God has tapped somebody into a blessing that don't even go to this church so why would you let a moment like that pass by when you're in the midst I said, God, what are you doing? Well, everybody say it's due season. So I want you to pull your phones out right now. I know y'all all got a phone. You know, people in Africa got phones now. I saw it on TV. Get your phones out. Get your phones. Now, go to the camera part. You know where you take all your selfies at? Okay. Now, put it on video. And I need you to reverse the camera where it's looking at you. Put it up there, and I want you to hit record, and I want you to say, my due season has come. Come on, go ahead and do it. Come on, do it. I'm away. Say, my due season has come. Okay, good. Now, you can put your phone down. You will have what you say. See, I don't just want to say it. I need you to say it. So all this week, just play it. My due season has come. My due season has come. My due season has come. You just need to say it. Amen. Now turn your Bibles to Leviticus chapter 26. Leviticus 26. Leviticus chapter 26. And then we're going to go to Galatians chapter 6 verse 9. That was Leviticus 26. And here's the thing. The only way... To have faith for something is that you have to hear about it. Okay, let me say it this way. Your faith grows from what you hear. Okay, I'm going to say it another way. Your faith grows as your hearing grows. And so I need your faith to grow so that you can believe when you leave today that due season has started today. And I'm going to listen. I'm telling you, I can hear from God. And God told me I didn't want to preach today. I was going to take a Sunday off and just come and let Pastor Jay preach. But God said, no, no, no. I want you to get up there and tell my people that due season has started in their life. You say, well, Pastor, what's due season? I'm going to get to it. Amen. Leviticus 26. Now, here's the first point. Here's the first point. And that's this. Obedience triggers due season. 
Obedience triggers due season. In other words, I used to wonder, well, how can people, you know, they look and, and blessings just be flowing in their life and stuff. And they, you try to figure out, well, well, what did they do and what did they do? Well, I discovered that due season is triggered by obedience. And that's why it's very important to obey God. Listen, I don't care if you didn't have nothing last week. You need to ask God what he wants you to give so you can get in on this. Because this might not ever happen again because I ain't going to do it. I mean, God going to have to tell me, Evan, you're going to take up a second offering. It's a supernatural seed. Then I'll do it. But until then, guess what? My Presbyterian is going to rule. Here's the Presbyterian rule. We never gave more than one offering. How many grew up in churches and you had five? Come on now. 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50. Then they come and they bring the tables up here to the front. Then they count all that money. We need five more dollars. We need five more dollars. I was in a, I preached at a church like that, like last year. I was like, they actually brought the money to the front on a special table. They counted the money. It wasn't a lot. And then they said, we need like $7.50. I was like, $7.50. And then, you know, he was not going to move till they got it. Obedience triggers the due season. Leviticus 26. I'm going to show you this. In Leviticus 26, let's look in verse 4. The first word in verse 4 is what, class? Everybody say, then. Then I will give you rain in what season? In due season. And when that rain comes, watch this. The land will yield her increase and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. Now notice... Verse 4 is telling us that due season was coming from God, but the first word is it is the word then. When you see then, you need to see why is there then. Because the previous verse, verse 3, tells us the principle. If we walk in his statutes, if we keep his commandments and do what? Do them, then due season comes. He's saying if you will obey me, due season comes. Write down Deuteronomy 11. I'm going to read verse 13 because I'm going to read this principle again to let you see it. And it shall come to pass if you shall hearken diligently unto my commandments, which I command you this day, says the Lord, to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all of your heart and with all of your soul. Watch this now. Then I will give you the rain of your land in his due season. The first rain and the latter rain, you may gather corn and wine and oil and I will send grass to the fields for your cattle that you may eat and be full. Take heed to yourselves that your heart be not deceived and turn and you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. In other words, he's saying in verse 14, I will send you latter rain. I will send due season for you. But then the previous verse says you must obey me. Everybody say obedience triggers due season. Now, you're wondering why your girlfriend, I'm talking to somebody right now, you got a girlfriend that you never, ever thought she would get married. You thought you would beat her getting married, but she get beating you getting married. You know why? Because she's been obedient in her season. Everybody say obedience triggers the supernatural. Go, now, go to Galatians chapter 6. Go to Galatians chapter 6. Because due season must be believed by us and then released by God. See, God will not override you just because see, some people be like, well, if God is real, then he needs to do this for me. Well, if he does, then you bless because he don't have to. Do you know God is not obligated to give you a second chance? Do you not know God is not obligated to repeat himself? Once I figured out that that was God moving last Sunday, I decided I'm jumping in. And see, what you're going to see in just a minute is that when you and I obey God in whatever area that we need to, then like last week when we gave, it triggered something. Watch now, Galatians chapter 6. Look now in verse, I'm going to start in verse 9. And let us not be weary. 
That word weary means exhausted. Let us not be exhausted in doing well, doing the right thing. But God, I've been tithing for three months and I ain't seen nothing. Don't be weary, baby. You in it for the long run. What's three months? That's like being married. God, I've been married for three months. I'm tired of this, man. What I'm going to do? Baby, you got the rest of your life to figure that out. And let us not be weary in well-doing. Why? Because in due season, say due season. In due season, we will, we shall reap if we do not faint. So notice the first word in verse 9. What's the first word? Come on, you all know I'm a teacher. What's the first word? And. Well, in school they taught you that and is a what? Conjunction. Conjunction, junction. What's you? Hey, y'all know that song. And is a conjunction. Which means that whatever he's talking about reaping, something had to be said previously. Well, let's see what this due season is connected to. Look at verse 6. Let him that is taught in the word give or communicate to him that teaches in all good things. Verse 7. Be not deceived. Here's our offering verse. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. For he that sows to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that sows to the spirit. What does that mean? He who sows in obedience to the spirit. The spirit was moving last Sunday. He's moving right now. Are you aware? See, most of us, we grew up in such traditional and religious environments that it had to be a certain way before we believed it was God. Like, oh, I got to feel goosebumps. Well, I get them because I'm cold. In order for the prophetic word to come, you know, because see, he last week he didn't use his African language to go, yay, 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 the Lord said. He didn't do that, see. And see, some of you are the way you grew up, if it's going to be a prophetic word, he said, yay, 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 the Lord said. Well, no, no, not necessarily. See, I'm from the hood. I don't have to say, yay, yay, yay. We didn't say that. The Lord just wants to speak. And some of us, we have to be aware. And he's speaking right now. Touch your neighbor and say, he's speaking right now. We have gotten away from understanding and believing that God still speaks today. Some of us are so far removed from how God works that we don't even believe that on a Sunday morning at Word of Truth Family Church, God is using a man of God named Evan Connor to speak to your life. Let me tell you something. Boy, I can hear God. As, as bodies, and my wife lives with me. The best way to know somebody is for you to live with them. But my wife know I can hear from God. That's why she ain't gonna never act up, cause God don't tell, He gonna tell me what to do, see? Look, I told heaven, I said, heaven, listen, one day I showed up at her school, out of the blue. I just decided to just show up at her school and go check out her car. Make sure her car, which ain't even her car, it's my wife's car. But we call it heaven's car because heaven drives it. I just decided to go up there and just look at the car, make sure everything's good. Well, when I show up, why is it that heaven's class just happened that day to be outside because the teacher just wanted them to be outside? How many know that heaven was out there and she saw me pull up? She said, Daddy, how did you know I was outside? I said, God tells me everything. <laughs> no, 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 y'all laughing. Let me tell you something. The Bible says if you will commit your works to the Lord, he will cause your thoughts to be in, 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 in conjunction with his will. Uh, no, no, just two weeks ago, two weeks ago, uh, I, I'm normally the one who calls and says, hey, I'm on my way home. Does anything, everybody need, anything, anybody need something? Well, I didn't do that. But I, 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 I was going to text heaven and say, hey, heaven, uh, can you stop by Sonics and give me a Coke with extra ice? But then the Lord said, no, don't, don't, don't text her. Call her right now. Call her right now. I called her right then and there. I said, heaven. She said, yes. I said, I need you. I said, you going to Sonics? I said, because I want a Coke with extra ice. She says, daddy, I'm ordering right now. I'm ordering it right now. She said, how did you know I was at Sonic's? I said, the Lord tells me everything. (laughs) Remember my story that I gave my first $500 and I didn't want to give it? See, that's how some of y'all was last week. 
See, y'all know how that felt? That's, that's how I felt, right? Everybody said years ago. See, see, I have something supernatural happens when you obey God. When I first started Word of Truth Family Church and we went on our first church conference. I'll never forget, we're sitting in the back, me and my staff and some people that was in our small groups at the time that are being trained or whatever, they were there. And, and uh, before service that night, I had asked the Lord in the hotel room, Lord, how much would you want me to give on behalf of Word of Truth Family Church? And the Lord says, I want you to give $5,000 in the offering. I said, that ain't happening. That's how I talk to God. He talks to me the same way. One thing I learned about God, he's not going to make you do nothing. Everything is volunteer. I said, I'm not giving $5,000 today. He didn't say nothing. So I got there that night. It was the offering time. And the way they gave the offering, because they were raising it for a budget, they would add the amount up. So, you know, everybody had to go down there and announce how much they was giving so they could add up to make sure they was making the budget. Well, I wrote a check out for $2,500. And I walked down there. And I was excited because that was the biggest check I had ever written to our, you know, from my church. I was like, $2,500. And I went on back to my seat. And everybody was looking at me because I yelled it out just like that. Went to my seat. I was all happy. Went to my seat. And one of my staff, when I got there, before I sat down, said, Pastor, I don't know. For some reason, I think we're supposed to give another $2,500. And I'm thinking, the devil. <laughs> God was trying to get me to obey him because what he was trying to get to me was bigger than what he was taking from me. So I reluctantly... With no joy, wrote another doggone check for $2,500. This time I wasn't happy when I walked down there. $2,500. I go back to my seat. I'm upset. And the Lord speaks to me and says, Evan, you have given to the, from the church now. It's time for you to give. I'm like, my God, I am losing today. I've given $5,000. You're hassling me about it. What you want now? I want you to give your watch, Evan. Now, this wasn't no voice like what y'all think. It didn't sound like this. Thou shalt give your watch. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. It sounded just like my voice. You need, And I know it wasn't my voice because I wasn't going to do it. See, you have to understand the Holy Spirit speaks to your heart. Your heart speaks to your mind. That's how it works. If your mind is renewed, you'll know it's God. Oh, I knew it was God. Give your watch. Now, at the time, it was the most expensive asset that I had other than my house. Nice gold. Y'all, y'all think this is bling? Oh, this is nice. But my other one was gold, shiny. See, because here's the thing. Uh, when God called me to be a preacher, he didn't take the desire for bling away. So I'm sorry if you just get over the bling because I'm a bling. I'm just that's just me. I'm just what I'm gonna do. Okay, I did it before I was a preacher. I'm gonna do it after I'm a preacher. So he says, I want you to give your watch. And I wasn't even seated yet. And when I sat down, I was frowning. My wife says, What's wrong? I said, God just told me to give my watch. She said, You better give it then. And I'm like, Boy, that's encouraging. <laughs> then she said. Oh, you going to give your watch? Then I'm going to give mine too. I'm like, oh my God, I am losing today. I get a $5,000 name on my watch. Then she give it away. Her watch. She didn't even ask her to give her watch away. She just inspired. She's inspired by me. Her watch costs more than my watch. I am not happy. I don't remember what that man preached on that night because I was mad the rest of the service. But what I did not know that has affected me still today, that my simple act of obedience in sacrificing was going to trigger, watch this now, grace on our church to never financially struggle. I did not know that that seed was going to produce grace for... Okay, let me explain what it means to never financially struggle. So, so let me help y'all, some of y'all. Right? There's never been one bill to come in at Word of Truth Family Church that we didn't have the money for. 
Let me go a little further. Hold on. Let me go a little further. Not only has there never been a bill that's come in, but every bill that has come in, not only have we been able to pay it, but we probably had three to four and five and ten, fifteen times the money that if they billed us fifteen times, we could pay it. Okay, let me go a little further. No, no, no. Listen, we're talking about having money to the point where we just, we could pay all of our bills a month in advance and be all right. Right? We've never struggled, but my obedience triggered that grace. Now turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians 9. I'm going to close with this. 2 Corinthians 9. See, Something happened last week that I couldn't control. I look back now and I'm, I'm glad that I was sensitive because uh, I, I happily gave my, my $1,000 last week because I'm glad God didn't ask me for my car. But see, I didn't realize, and I do now, that when it's a divine moment, then God's not obligated to repeat that moment. He's not going to part the Red Sea twice just because somebody wasn't ready. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. See, if you were part of the children of Israel and Moses say, let's go, and you just got out of the shower, you say, well, Moses, come back for me. You'd have drowned with Pharaoh's army because God is not obligated to do it twice. Well, I jumped in that thing last week. Well, guess what? For the last two months, Pastor Sarah and I, our main refrigerator in our house went out. So, you know, you have those warranty companies, you know, and so I told them about it. They came out. One, people, one person said, oh, we can't fix it. Another person came out said, okay, well, we have to order the part. And then now a month don't went by, a month and a half don't went by. And then they come back and say, well, you know what? The company that makes this part doesn't make them anymore. So the warranty company was like, well, Mr. Connor, we, can, we, we, we sent you a picture of the refrigerator that we'll replace yours with. Well, the picture they sent me, my refrigerator in my garage is better than theirs. I'm like, wait a minute, wait. Well, Mr. Connor, then we'll just send you the cash. Well, the cash that they were going to send me is not even close to the amount of my refrigerator. I let it go. I called the company myself and said, hey, I need this particular part. Do you have it? They said yes, but didn't realize that they were sending me the wrong part because the part didn't exist. Everybody say it didn't exist. It didn't exist. But let me tell you what happened because, see, when you give, God will make grace come. If it ain't around, he'll make it happen. And so what happened was they said, Mr. Connor, don't. It, it, it don't, it don't, uh, that part don't exist no more. But see, when I got the part in, I didn't know it was the wrong part. So then I said, well, forget the pump company that, that won't come out now and put it in. What I'm going to do is I'm just going to get on the internet and I'm going to Google logo kitchen aid refrigerator repairman. I Googled that. Some companies came up. I chose one company. Click. Oh, we do 24-hour service. I needed them. Get on the phone. Hey, how you doing? This is Evan Connor. I have a broken refrigerator over here. Uh, and so, sir, uh, we set it up. So he came same day. He comes out. He says, oh, Mr. Connor, the part that they sent, the board that they sent, that board is not manufactured anymore. I said, what do you mean? He says, well, a couple of years ago, KitchenAid and the manufacturer of that board got into a fight. And for some reason, they, the, the manufacturing company got upset with KitchenAid and said, we will no longer supply the boards for all of your refrigerators. In other words, this company, they manufactured the boards for all of the refrigerators for KitchenAid. Now they said, we're not going to produce that board anymore, and you can't produce it because we hold all the patents to get it done. Well, KitchenAid just decided, well, forget you then. We will just produce a brand new whole type of refrigerator. But what about all those hundreds of thousands of refrigerators that needed that doggone board, which was one of mine? He says, sir, that board is not being manufactured. But let me tell you something. He says, I have one board left. 
I said, well, how did you get it? He said, let me tell you what happened. The owner of the company that I work for, they, he has friends in high places at KitchenAid. And when KitchenAid told him that they, the, the, the supplier would no longer be producing that board, he went and bought all the existing boards from all the suppliers in KitchenAid. He saw a crisis coming years from now. And so for the last couple of years, we've been selling one here and selling one there. And he says, you know what? Out of all the hundred ones that we bought, you get the last one. You know what? Listen, you don't understand. Watch this now. Second Corinthians 9, but this I say, verse 6, he who sows sparingly shall reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully shall reap bountifully. Every man, according to his purpose in his heart, so let him what? Give, not grudging or out of necessity. For God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you. Watch this. That you always have an all sufficiency in all things. All sufficiency. That includes refrigerator parts. Oh, y'all don't understand me. All sufficiency. And when I learn how to give the way God wants me to, all sufficiency in all things. So watch this. God saw two years ago when that crisis was happening. Hey, uh, I need you to buy some parts because my son, Evan... His refrigerator is going to go out in two years. Now, I know you're going to have one left, so I don't want you to sell that to anybody. And I'm going to think through his mind and use his fingers to call you on the Internet. He don't even know you from nobody, but you are going to have the part he needs. And you're going to save the same last one for him. That's exactly how it happened, right? Everybody say, all sufficiency. So watch this now. He said that when we give... Also, we did that last week. All sufficiency in how many things? See, I'm not saying increase. See, increase is a part of this. But you can have increase and then it goes away. I'm talking about all sufficiency. See, I'm talking about if you like ramen noodles, having an all sufficient amount of them. I'm talking about if you're a wig woman and you want an all sufficiency of wigs. Look, I have an all-sufficiency of Michael Jordan wear. Oh, yeah, I could probably wear the, same, the different shirt, socks, shoes, name it, till you lose count. Everybody say all-sufficiency. And that's what giving triggers. Last week, you don't know, but what you did pushed you into all-sufficiency. And so my thing today is to tell you that God told me to use a Sunday that I was going to take off to preach to tell you that all sufficiency is coming your way and due season is starting now. Well, you say, well, Pastor Aaron, what does that look like? The word grace, when he says, I'll make all grace abound toward you, that word grace also is translated for the word favor in the New Testament. You know what that means? That means God's going to use people to do stuff for you they didn't even plan on. You know what else that means? That means that uh, opportunities, see, somebody, somebody just did it yesterday. You just applied for a car and they told you no. I'm saying go back tomorrow. Go back to the same people too. Now, if you want to use the same man, because he'd be, ah, weren't you here yesterday? Screw, oh, no, uh, forget you. <laughs> well, y'all say it. Screw you, all right? Use somebody else. Go back to the same place if you want to. Because I'm telling you, I know what God tells me, and he's saying, due season has started for your life today. Some of y'all sitting in your seat evaluating on what you did wrong. Listen, you can't obey for all the blessings of God. There's a season that he has started for this church. And I'm telling you, boy, I'm telling you, listen, I I, I know this. Let me tease, let me tease. Oh, geez, I don't have no time. Can I tell you one more story? So we was trying to have Landon, right? Uh, my wife and I had medical problems. She had problems. She, she couldn't ov- ovulate. And I had problems. They said, well, you don't have enough soldiers marching in your army. 
I'm like, all I need is one soldier. I mean, see, here's my attitude in faith. If I've done it once, I can do it twice. So in my mind, I'm thinking, it don't matter to me. You know what? I believe with all my heart I'm going to have another kid. So I'll never forget. I was standing on the word, trusting God was going to do it. My wife was just fluctuating like the mountains in Colorado, up, down, up, down, up, down. One minute she believed, or next minute, I don't know, one minute she believed. And finally, one day I just got fed up. And this is why you need to be married to a man of God. I got fed up and I sent my wife to the bathroom. Go to the bathroom and don't come out until you believe him. I don't know what she did in there. But when the old girl came out, she was believing. And I'll never forget, it was a, it was a December. I was up here preaching and I said, now this is before we had land. And I said, I said it just boldly. I said, oh, next year we'll have a kid. And I said it so convincingly that people thought we knew we was pregnant. We didn't know we were pregnant. January rolled around that. February rolled around. My pastor's wife laid hands on my wife. We come back home. Come to find out March, we discover we pregnant. Watch this down. Watch this down. Just that boldness that I had when I said uh, we were going to have a son, that's the boldness that I'm talking to you in about right now. When we got ready to buy the house we're in now, what, five, six years ago, and because the Lord told me that that was our house. When we moved out of our, well, he wanted us to move out of the house we were in uh, for two reasons. Number one, we, we started the church in that house, and so we lost all of our privacy. So that means people would just drop in on us. And how many know that ain't good? But they would do it. They would drop in on us, you know, because the office was in there and all that kind of stuff. And so, and then there were some dogs that our neighbors had next door that was barking and Landon would always wake up. So the Lord told me, he says, I want y'all to move. I said, well, where are we going? So I started looking for some houses. I, I see a house and I like it. He says, Evan, put your house up for sale. Put the house up for sale. And there was a house across the street, same floor plan. It was just flipped and it had been up for sale for two years. Wasn't nobody buying it. I got the same floor plan. A house sold in like a month and a half. So before we moved out of the house that we were selling, uh, we started doing the financing for the new house. Well, at the time, the economy wasn't bad. They said, oh, you put 10% down, you can be in the house. Well, I had 10%. I was thankful. So we sold the house, moved into a hotel. Guess what? The economy changed just like that. And they switched from wanting 10% down to 20%. Well, I don't know about you, but that's like tithing twice. Ain't nobody got no money to be doing all that. 20%? Are you kidding me? Man, we checked with every company and it was 20%, 20%. So finally I was like, Lord, I ain't got no another 20%. You got me out here now. I ain't hear nothing from the Lord. So now I'm starting to get depressed. And I don't get depressed easy. I'm going to tell you something. I don't get depressed real easy. And uh, so I told my wife, I have never told my wife, baby, I'm depressed. I'm, 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 I'm scared. I'm, I don't know what's going to happen. I told her that day. So she was like, then you need to go hear your pastor's word. He was preaching at the potter's house that day. I said, I don't want to go. You know how your flesh is when you're, when you're depressed? I don't want to, you know, I was like, I don't want to go to no potter's house. You know, all that parking and going through all those changes. I don't know. She was like, well, you know, oh, I, I'll tell you what, I'll call Pastor so-and-so over there. You know they'll take care of you. They'll take care of your parking and they'll let you in and all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, I listened to my wife. So I got to the potter's house and my pastor was preaching, right? Every story my pastor told, I already knew the doggone story. But something happened when he was talking. Faith got infused inside of me. I walked in there sad, but I walked out happy even though my situation hadn't changed. Faith had got built up on the inside. And I got home, and that next morning, we're in this hotel now, and it's been about a month and a half, and I have a family meeting. I said, listen. I said, Dad, God told Daddy to go to Jamaica and marry Mama. God also told Daddy to start Word of Truth Family Church. God told us, and I know that you all, children, you all are from the Lord. I said, just like I know those three things, I know that's our house. I just don't know how we're going to get it. I say, so, see, they'll be in fear if I'm in fear. 
So I had to give them a little talk. But inside, I knew this thing was fixed. And see, when he says he'll supply all grace, grace for wisdom came. He, came, he put one person in my heart, one person. He said, you call that person, they'll give you the money. Well, at that time, I didn't want no rejection, so I decided to text him. <laughs> text back, whatever you need, when you want it. You want me to wire it, you want it in cash. Don't matter, I'll do the deal. In other words, the grace started falling. And that's what I see, so watch this now. I'm about to declare over you right now, and all I need you to do is to say, I received that. Let's practice. Come on, do better than that. Okay, so listen now. Father, we know that due season is triggered by our obedience and then released by you. As we have obeyed what, was, what started on last week, I declare over Word of Truth Family Church and those that are listening that due season, their season has started. A season of favor and all sufficiency has been released for their lives right now. Your word says that if we can obey the prophet, then we will prosper. So I declare that this house and those that are connected are about to have an unusual occurrence of increase and favor in their lives. I declare for court cases to be settled. I declare for inheritances to be released. I thank you for the pensions being funded and past decisions from prior cases being reviewed again. I declare that increases coming from different directions right into our hands. I thank you that people are going to like us and they're going to provide loans for us and positions for us and insight into blessings that exceed what we could ever think or imagine. Thank you for houses being paid off supernaturally and cars being paid in full. I pray for decisions being made in our favor. Thank you for all and full scholarships and grants for schools totaling millions of dollars coming our way. I thank you for contracts being signed for business owners, for millions and lawsuits being settled in our favor. I declare that more than enough is the standard for every member at Word of Truth Family Church. I'm going to say that one again. I declare that more than enough is the standard for every member of this church. Thank you that our needs are met and our desires are fulfilled. I declare now, just like the man of God said last week, here is what he said. I wrote it down because I listened to the CD. He said, Word of Truth Family Church is a city of prosperity. Where the two family church will be known across the world. Now listen, when I say the word of two family church, I'm not talking about the entity. I'm talking about the people. Where the two family church will be known across the world as a church of prosperity. People will come into this church with nothing and become millionaires. And Father, we receive what has been said and I declare as the man of God for this house and as a representative from you that due season has opened, has started, the clouds have been removed and the rain from God has come and I declare for increase and all sufficiency to happen now in Jesus' name. Give the Lord a praise offering right there. Hallelujah. Every head bowed. Don't move. Every head bowed. You may have come in here today not knowing what was going to be said or done. And the question that God wants to ask you is this. If you die today, are you 100%?